Oh no, there's another squad attacking. Welcome to the third party, an Apex Legends podcast hosted by myself, Shay, and joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how's it going today? It's going really well. Been getting more and more games in as uh, the servers improve, so I'm much happier uh, nowadays. Yes, it's definitely been an improved experience all around for a lot of people, and hopefully that's a thing of the past and nothing we'll have to go through again. Hopefully you guys enjoyed uh, Wednesday's episode, kind of diving into some of that stuff and spitballing about it. We got a fun one today. We are going to be helping you cheat your way to victory in Apex Legends, and no, we are not talking hacks. Uh, And it's not really cheating, but it just feels like it at times. Uh, The topic for today is going to be town takeovers, and we will be be ranking them based on their gameplay impact to you and how they can give you an advantage to win it's something we've been uh, circling as one that maybe we should have talked about a while ago and now we're finally bringing it to the to forefront of everybody's mind before we do any of that though make sure you join us on discord to chat apex find teammates and receive third-party updates links in the description If you'd like to help support the Third Party Podcast, please consider joining us on Patreon over there. In return for your support, you can get a bunch of great benefits like ad-free listening, exclusive merch, gaming sessions with us, monthly calls, Discord perks, and more. Thank you so much for all your support, and we look forward to speaking with all of our patrons. You guys keep the lights on. Appreciate it beyond belief. But let's do it. We got a fun episode today, Talking Town Takeovers, but... Tell us a little bit about why, Henry, and why we're maybe having to talk about it now and what it's going to mean for the player listening. Yeah, totally. I I think that maybe it's a surprise that we're talking about this now, but to rewind all the way to really why are we doing this podcast, why are you listening to it, is the big question, how do you win a game of Apex? Tough one. (laughs) Obviously, that's tough. It's a complex question that weaves together a long list of choices against elements outside of the player's control, including random loot and random enemies. But it does revolve around a series of choices. We discuss legends a lot on the show, like, and mastering the ones that you enjoy playing the most is critical to winning more games. We also discuss numbers behind weapons probably the most important and challenging decision in the game. Why do I say challenging? I don't know. It, weapons are hard because in a loot-based BR where it's a really hard system, if you get a purple extended mag for a light gun, but you don't have a light gun, that is a really tough uh, variable to weigh. And what weapon are you going to use? And What are you going to maybe settle with for now and hoping to upgrade later? And what happens when you beat a team and you're able to loot them? So the actual decision of what weapon you're going to use is very important and really hard just based off of all the temptations and Mm -hmm. potential scarcity and what's available to you. I think challenge is very much the appropriate word. Like for all the reasons you just listed and Based on the fact that we love Apex Legends guns, the animations, all that kind of fun stuff, but there are some very unique styles of weapons in this game versus what you're used to in other shooters. You know, not all times you shoot red balls of energy at people that blind you and the opponents. So 
there's so many characteristics of each gun along with the loot loop that we like to talk about uh, to get to the top of the level with it. So yeah, definitely a challenge and one that is hard to tackle. No doubt about it. But the first step after choosing a legend that can have the most substantial impact on the outcome of your game is your drop location. Skull Town. Maybe. That's really <laughs> going to make an impact on whether you win or lose. But we discuss our recommended drops in our map guides, which offer a very high level idea about choosing a drop location for ranked specifically which has enough loot for a team on the edge of the map with great third-party potential to a juicier POI and probably easy access to a survey beacon spawn. Yeah. That criteria and what we talk about on those guides doesn't fully inform all players and especially isn't tailored to pubs games. Now, recently, there have been additions to the game in the form of new and improved town takeovers, which, in my opinion, are borderline cheating. (laughs) The reason for this is the town takeovers are very rarely popular enough to become full-on hot drops, yet their loot and special features are some of the most powerful items in the game, period. The town takeovers are beyond unique. And that's what makes them special. That's what makes them attractive for the people dropping there, including us. But it is crazy how they do not you know, become the full-on hot drops in terms of popularity. I mean, how many times, man, did we drop Octane's Gauntlet, Mirage Voyage during our... I mean, not just like it's a great spot for pubs, but in ranked, like as a yeah. consistent drop. And it's like... Maybe you're getting one team contesting you there, but it is not the West Nice Fragment. It's not the what Refinery used to be and now uh, Lava Siphon. Like, it's very, very interesting. Yeah. For this episode, we just want to be reminding you how powerful some of these town takeovers are today by ranking them in a tier list. Now, these rankings are based solely on the gameplay impact. And to be fair, we'll also be discussing the look and the lore behind each town takeover because that's fun. It's fun. And this has been the biggest season of Apex Legends we've ever had. We want to refresh everyone on some of the stuff that has come into the game and why, and hopefully provide details for the people that aren't following the game to a T on what does this place mean? Why is it here? Especially for the ones that have been around for a really long time and are things that Henry and I still talk about how they have impact on lore to this day, but they came in season two. So it's like, we got a lot to cover. It's going to be pretty fun. Kicking it off with an honorable mention. Mm-hmm. One of our favorite town takeovers, Mirage Voyage, more recently known on the map of Party Crashers. This was once a wonderful town takeover on world's edge released with the hollow day bash event in season four back in the day this was our drop location mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this Pretty was the spot like out. exclusively and we felt like it's a spot on the edge of the map provided great rotations the loot was great and it was just such a great vibe anytime you showed up <laughs> Yeah, it really was. And because we were such 
fans of the location, we really honed our skills on it and really mastered the idea of playing the rooftops. And then back in the day, it was also not crashed. So it was elevated off the ground. And so there was a big penalty for falling off the ship and you'd be really separated from your teammates. Balancing Mm -hmm. that in gameplay was a challenge. From a location standpoint, it was also quite a strong spot. And that's Mm -hmm. one of the biggest reasons that we choose our ranked drop location is based off of how and where can you rotate. And the best rotation from Mirage Voyage when it was on World's Edge was you rotate to train yard and onward into Fragment. Mm -hmm. Really (laughs) solid, right into the middle of the map. The height of this POI allowed it to also be a very crucial end game scenario as well. So if you did happen to drop there and have one of those games with a ring shrunk there, you were going to be very well positioned to win based off your loot and based off your positioning. Because this thing had lines of sight beyond belief into certain areas of the map. Yeah, it really did. And on top of that, it had our favorite survey beacon spawn potential, mm-hmm. which is always lovely to see and then the fun kind of feature on top of being a floating ship is you could start the party and it Mm -hmm. would make a loud sound play music fireworks Mm -hmm. really exciting and you'd get two uh epic or legendary loot balls on top of that so a little bit of bonus loot here Mm -hmm. um they then moved this Town Takeover to Kings Canyon in Season 7 for a brief period. But now it's crashed on an arena's map called Party Crashers. Mm -hmm. So it isn't quite on our list in terms of Town Takeovers. Yeah, it's an honorable mention because you can't play it as it's kind of meant to be, I think. Maybe meant to be is the wrong wording, but as it was for so long. But yeah, very amazing spot. Uh, Would love to have it back someday. (laughs) No doubt about it. Let's talk a little bit about the lore, though, of this spot. So this is Mirage's party boat. Obviously, as we mentioned, it entered the game during the Holiday Bash event, and it's similar to a supply ship in design with just a few touches that make things Mirage, including decoys of himself, chilling in the hot tub, dancing on the dance floor, or leaning further into Mirage's personal lore, frying pork chops on the grill, which gotta love to see that. This place really was built and meant to be Mirage's party. Uh, And even though we kind of get a lot of the lore from that, we also, through audio logs located at the POI, learned a bit about Mirage's mother, Evelyn Witt, uh, and their relationship along with his brothers a little bit. It's a a very heartfelt story, uh, and it's rumored that it's going to circle back potentially with future legends and one that you guys should maybe go check some videos out to get the full story, the full breakdown of everything. We don't have time to go all the way into everything today, unfortunately. And then, yeah, Mirage, according to the developers and the writers of the lore, uh, lost control of his ship and crashed it into a downtown plaza, which then created the Party Crashers Arena map. And that is the story of Mirage Voyage. So sad. Honestly, Probably our favorite POI to date. Um, it, it, would, it would be the top of this tier list, I think, if we were like just going off of enjoyment and totally. like what we got the it. most out of it. Yeah, like rip. I would love to have it back at some point. Maybe he'll get a second one. <laughs> in its full glory, I don't think there's ever been a town takeover that was so on the money representing a Legends personality oh, yeah. than this one. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. 
I'm telling you, when it was alive and active, there were decoys of Mirage everywhere. Mm-hmm. Even more so when he started the party, they all started dancing. There were sculptures of Mirage. Mm-hmm. There were big, elaborate, like Renaissance paintings of Mirage. Yep. It was like dialed up to the max on the ego, like scale for my name is Mirage. It just screamed his mm-hmm. legend. Yeah. And like he would go into Titanic out on mm-hmm. the front of the ship. Like, and you start the party, you see a huge hologram of yep. Mirage on top of everything. Like what's more Mirage than that? No doubt. <laughs> yeah. The, the goal was when it was a POI on world's edge, start the party early yeah. because if you everyone's going to know, mm-hmm. everybody's going to know and you don't want them to be finishing up their fight and then see a huge explosion of confetti. So that was maybe a bit of a cautionary tale and, Maybe why it's gone. Yeah. Or late game, you just start the party on repeat to taunt people, to get people to come to you. Yeah. Well, let's keep it rolling though. Going into the actual tier tier list with the C tier. First one is Sing Labs. This is Wraith's town takeover. Mm -hmm. And the breakdown of the gameplay impacts of this location is number one, it's a high tier loot drop. Mm-hmm. That's something that you should be paying attention to, honestly. When you're thinking about winning your games, thinking about where to drop, knowing the loot rarity of your go-to drop location is crucial. Mm-hmm. That being said, Sing Labs or Labs is a semi-popular drop. Mm-hmm. At different times in its history, it's been a lot more popular than others, but this is one that is probably more popular than others on this list of town takeovers. Yeah. In season five, there were substantial upgrades to this town takeover, which is quite interesting. We've seen Mirage's town takeover kind of be moved, destroyed, Mm -hmm. turned into something maybe better, but certainly different. Labs was changed probably for the better. And the biggest part of that was its connection to the new POI season five capacitor. And that was healthy. That really added to that popularity. Like you weren't trapped one way in one way out anymore, which was, you know, even with a big redeploy tower, you know, if you happen to get separated from your team and you're automatically redeploying and I don't really care who you are at some point redeploying away from your team is going to come to bite you. (laughs) Yeah. Big time. And that's really the feature that I think put labs on the map because it has a massive redeploy portal, which as a location where it's at, it allows you to have some really strong rotations into now capacitor cage and hydro. That location combined with its popularity is that all of those options are probably contested. Mm-hmm. This POI is pretty close to the center of the map, which is a strength, but also a weakness just based totally. off of the proximities to others, the likelihood of a third party. Um, the question here with this one is you have options. If this is your drop location, where do you go? Do you land on the higher buildings? Do you enter through the main lab doors? Or do you take the portal as the entrance right off drop? I mean, taking the portal is always fun, but it's not the uh, go-to strategy for coming out on top. Uh, You got to be one of the top droppers in the game to do so. And even then, you know, people can 
do it just as well as you. So that is nothing or you can constantly rely on it. So we tended to lean towards the higher buildings and then you're going to enter the lab doors uh, style of rotation because then if you have people dropping in laps, they come out, you have the height automatically on them, which is a great advantage for us to have. Um, maybe exception being you drop through the portal with caustic because it's fun to kind of create some chaos and pick up some early damage and suffocate people early on. <laughs> Yeah, it's a really cool POI, honestly. And all of these are going to be really cool. So it's it's hard to make these determinations, but that's the reason then that Labs is a C-tier town takeover in terms of gameplay importance because it's semi-popular because of the huge portal redeploy, but that becomes a weakness in terms of mm -hmm. you don't really want to roll a 50-50, get stuck in caustic gas and be in a boxing match. That's not a great uh, drop location if you're if you're picking. Yeah, in terms of lore, this is one that is deeply rich in lore, and we've done a full episode on it before. Like actively, that's something that's happened. But to kind of give the brief overview, uh, this is an underground laboratory that was used for Project Wraith during the IMC's occupation of Solus, uh, and it was funded by the. Ares division. Uh, we learn that this is where the character Wraith originated from uh, when senior science pilot Renee Blaisley started to create phase shift technology and discover that dimensions, a lot, there are multiple dimensions, that hers was not the only one. And nobody was willing to volunteer for some of these experiments. Renee volunteers herself uh, to have the experiment done on her. And hence, we get the origin story of Wraith. And then the name Singh Labs comes from Renee's partner, Dr. Singh, who we learned from the stories of the Outlands is really not the best dude. Uh, and they have some confrontation that I don't think is fully solved yet in our uh, Apex universe. So we'll see how that continues to unfold. And then also, I have to say a great little shout out to the crypto teaser. We saw him doing some hacking in this area of the map before he actually entered the game. So he, it's been a very big POI from a lore standpoint. Yeah, that, that's something that's hard to overlook when you're discussing labs because this is the origins of Wraith in-game, in a POI. This is where she got her abilities and her identity, and that's huge. Like, mm -hmm. really haven't had that in any other shape or form. So not only is labs an important place in the Apex universe, but labs on King's Canyon is an important place. You know, a lot of these POIs on this list that are town takeovers have substantial importance, but they appear to have been created as kind of an idol to a legend or designed to kind of spice mm -hmm. up the games. This one is more like an exhibit. It's real yeah. life almost, mm -hmm. which is a really cool thing from a lore perspective. Yeah, we'll get into some of the other ones. They're definitely not as deep on the lore as this one was. This is very much, okay, this town takeover actually was an event that happened in history, essentially. Yeah. Next in the C tier is Gauntlet. This is Octane's town takeover. First things first, this is the only mid-tier loot town takeover ever on the list. Crazy. Which is quite interesting. Um, there are launch pads everywhere, which is cool. 
it's not a strong reason to land here from a gameplay perspective. It's not going to give you a crazy advantage if you elect to drop here consistently. <laughs> um, it is an incredible rotation location mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with a two-way redeploy zipline to salvage and then an excellent zipline into airbase. I think this is why Gauntlet has been so popular. And for that reason, it's highly contested for some reason. I think that that access, that proximity to salvage or the old school town just makes everybody either elect to go to Gauntlet first, or it's a spill-off location for people that get too scared uh, Mm -hmm. to go either market or salvage. And you even have unnamed POIs around the area that people drop at just so they can rotate into Gauntlet. Like, it's a very heavily foot trafficked area for the mid-tier loot, I think is kind of interesting. Yeah, and that's the thing, you know, it doesn't quite have the volume of loot or the rarity of loot to attract so much attention. Yeah. But then the other kind of special feature outside the launch pads is there's the ring of fire in the center, Mm -hmm. which will spawn an epic or legendary item. That's kind of the big allure here. Mm -hmm. People drop to get that. Um, And it can be a wide variety of things, you know, gold gun to like what knockdown shield. Can you get a knockdown shield there? I have. So it's like you can get a wide variety. So you're not really banking on anything, but the challenge of timing the jump at the perfect moment in order to get that, you know, shiny loot is a major reason why I think people go here. It is in the C tier though, because that as a reason to drop is not a huge gameplay Mm -hmm. advantage. You know, one knockdown shield or a purple bag is not a reason to bring the whole squad into Mm -hmm. a contested drop. So that's where it is from a gameplay place. This spot's about the fun fights and the unique like jump pad around and that highlight play of jumping through the ring of fire and grabbing a kill, which is awesome. A great time, but yes, not really a drop spot we can recommend on this list in terms of it being higher on the tier list in terms of lore we have octane himself the daredevil and he's known for those death defying stunts throughout the outlands this was the first town takeover that kind of leaned into that with octane's launch pads sprinkled throughout look at the positioning of them they're put along these ramps to kind of simulate and go through this concept of doing this huge daredevil style jump and you know at the top of that is jumping through a big ring of fire with this huge ramp that leads up into things but the name gauntlet is actually quite interesting in the apex universe it comes from the pilot's gauntlet uh, in titanfall 2 which was the game's version of a tutorial uh, but ended up kind of being expanded upon that and being a place where players would go to try and set records for the fastest time to get through from start to finish Uh, and that transitioned into being a real event in titanfall and apex lore and octane infamously attempted to use a grenade to propel himself to the fastest time which is how players in titanfall 2 accomplished the record setting fast times by using grenades to propel themselves but when octane did it he blew his legs off and became the octane we all know and love today so that's kind of the lore around that and it was cool for us as fans to see them pull from the character established lore but also pulling in the, some titanfall assets into it in terms of creating this connected universe it's really cool it's really fun it it does 
fulfill the octane personality, which I think mm-hmm. is really the aim of all these town takeovers. Totally. Absolutely a daredevil inspired place, not only with the ring of fire, like you said, but also the ramps over multiple cars and jumping multiple cars. You know, we know from a couple uh, of the banners that Octane rides dirt bikes. And Mm -hmm. so it just, everything really comes together with this POI and it's a C tier, but we still love it. We do love it. It's it's top. It's top tier in terms of love. All these town takeovers are top tier in terms of love. They're all so unique and cool and I think really special in terms of just the design. I don't think we've had a town takeover where we've looked at it and been like, oh, darn, like I wish we'd gotten something else, you know? They've kind of always come through in a way. Totally true. Absolutely. I uh, totally agree. Next, the B tier. We only have one town takeover in this tier, and it belongs to Trials. This is Bloodhound's town takeover on World's Edge, and the location here is really strong. I give it high marks. It's on the edge. It's in a corner, which is very strategic. There's excellent rotations with a redeploy tower into Countdown, Skyhook, or Lava Fissure. That's pretty much why it would be above the others, just in terms of the safety of the rotation and the location. We talked about like Endgame Mirage Voyage being powerful as something that would have propelled it if it was still around. Top here in Endgame? Oh my goodness, this is an incredibly dominant position where you will control the fights. The introduction of Trials actually turned this in from like literally a automatic win pretty much for the team up top to actually there being some sort of combat, but still only having multiple zip lines to get up and that's loud and you're still pretty vulnerable once you're up top on trials you can very much control the end game and my goodness i'm skipping ahead but it is beautiful like on the map (laughs) yeah we were very impressed by the uh introduction of this town takeover and you just think about a mountain that is looking down on the city of skyhook you know the tallest building in skyhook is dwarfed in Mm -hmm. relation to the bloodhound trials mountain and it's just really really cool looking but back to the gameplay features location strong rotations strong decent loot and weapons you have to complete three different trials where you're defeating prowlers and they're mm-hmm. attacking you. But after unlocking the third trial, you have a guaranteed gold item. Yep. There's no gold weapons here, but there's six weapon rack spawns plus a healthy amount of floor loot and a couple of supply bins on the top, which will spawn a higher percentage of sniper mm-hmm. weapons and attachments and ammo. The downside here are the prowlers. You know, it takes time to fight them, to activate them. It's going to take ammo. It may take health if they get, you know, a cheeky shot on you. They get a good shot on you, yeah. Who knows Mm -hmm. what could happen. Um, And it just draws attention. You know, when the trials are activated, it's loud. Mm -hmm. The people around you can tell that you've done it, and it's a beacon to be third-partied. Being third-partied is just brutal here. Mm -hmm. And... It's really hard to get out of it because if they come from above, you are just fish in a barrel and Mm -hmm. even escaping is very difficult because if they surprise you and get some shots on, they're just going to drop on you and there's not much you can do but uh, try to octane away. There's definitely some benefits of coming here, but yeah, the risk is definitely there. Um, I think the... 
benefit of like why they won't rotate in is Skyhook's a really hard place to loot, but the introduction of Countdown did, I think, increase maybe the third-party opportunities here at Trials because that's a place where you can loot it and go that way if you hear it quickly. But yeah, if you're dropping here, which we do sometimes, you just got to be really efficient. Like, um, don't loot mm-hmm. and then activate the Trials. You just got to drop, activate, grab a gun, and get going. Like, you got to get through those three things as fast as humanly possible so you have the advantage of why you dropped there once the teams come to third party you. Totally. And the trials get harder and harder as you yep. progress. And the first mm-hmm. one is like three prowlers. So even Light if work, the team is just still looting, it's quite easy. And But the risk is why it's in the B tier. It's very no cool, mm-hmm. solid loot, strong location, but the risk just kind of holds it back from being an A or an S tier town takeover. Let's talk lore though. This is another one of those ones we're starting to get into the territory of not having like incredibly well-established lore. This town takeover is built around just Bloodhound as a concept and that when the Apex Games came to World's Edge, large predators vacated the area, which led to an explosion in the population of prowlers. Bloodhound created these trials to maintain the ecosystem by facing off prowlers and legends, like controlled hunting in a way or something like that. In the trials, there's also three artifacts located around the takeover that represent some of the old ways. Uh, So you have the Skull of the Flyer, which represents the second beast slain by Bloodhound. You have Uncle Arthur's Skull and Shield, represent Bloodhound's history and where they kind of came from, what inspired them. And then you have the Charge Rifle, which was a weapon that bridged the gap between the old ways and the new ways for Bloodhound. If you haven't seen the stories from the Outlands, must, must watch for sure. The lore behind this is pretty cool, I think. You know, mm-hmm. the stories from the Outlands really inspire both of us. I think it really was a switch in what we should be expecting from the lore from these stories. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just really excited because for the next event in Apex around Halloween, we think we're going to get a lot more of what Bloodhound is up to and yep. more of the ecology basis of where he is you know he he studies the environment he cares about it or they care about it and it's going to be cool to unpack that further we're definitely going to learn more it's going to be quite exciting before we discuss the a and s tier town takeovers though here's a word from our sponsors we are super excited to thank this week's sponsor of the show manscaped the number one provider of grooming products for men I've been using Manscaped for years now, and to have them as a sponsor is absolutely fantastic as they keep it clean and keep it fresh. I was psyched that Manscaped sent us over some of their premium products to try out, including their Lawnmower 4.0. It's the best of the best, and it has a 4000 Kelvin LED spotlight and skin safe technology to help you avoid those nicks when you're shaving those sensitive areas. It's really nice to avoid those nicks in the sensitive areas, so thank you, Manscaped. The 4.0 is wireless and comes with a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. I gotta say, it's so sleek, you might even have to put this bad boy on display in your bathroom. I need to throw in as well, do not sleep on their boxers. They're incredible and oh my goodness, I think I'll be buying more pairs soon. The boxers are wildly comfy. The best part about all of this, though, is that Manscaped is providing our listeners with a discount. Use the code THIRDPARTY at checkout to get 20% off plus free shipping. Keep yourself groomed, third partiers. 
That is code third party at checkout. Welcome back. Let's dive into it straight into the A tier. So with the other town takeovers, we said we love them all. The A and the S tier, we really love. Love okay? the most. These <laughs> are major impacts on your gameplay, and you're starting to recommend absolutely dropping here because of how much benefit they give you. And the mm-hmm. first one in the A tier has to be Crypto's Map Room. First things first, it's a stellar location. Yep. You're in the corner. You're on the edge. We love that. The rotations from here are also incredible. You yep. have easy, close proximity to Repulsor, and then the Southern Watchtower with a redeployed tower into market or a long zip line straight to caustic treatment. Mm-hmm. Really, really good options. You probably can't go wrong with any of those as uh, your first rotate out of this location. And even outside of using the features of this map, great visibility on another team coming in towards you. Very open area off to the caustic area kind of side. Like if someone's walking up in the open, you're going to have a clear advantage over them and you're going to have height on people rotating in from Repulsor as well. So really nice. Absolutely. And then on top of that, from a gameplay perspective, this is a high tier loop. Like all of them, except for Gauntlet. In season eight, it was downgraded to a mid-tier. And that was really disappointing to both Shay and I, because we loved this. It was a main spot. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, we were shocked that they would do something like this. Um, But I guess they did it to Gauntlet. But now it's miraculously back. So this is a high-tier loot location. (laughs) You're going to get pretty stacked here. There's also an explosive hold, so you're going to walk out of here with some pretty good stuff. But the big thing, the thing that separates the map room from the rest and puts it as the first in A-tier is you have a free survey beacon, no matter what legend you are, Mm -hmm. and a location reveal of every single enemy on the map for a short duration. That's pretty nice. It's pretty, and it looks amazing it's too. Stellar. You can pull it up on your mini map, like, and see it. Like, if you go and enter your map, but you can also just be the map. You can walk into the map and mm-hmm. see everything. And oh my goodness, it's it, it's one of my favorite animations in the game. Like on a map in a POI, it's top tier. It's really really cool. And as the map has changed since the split in season five they've mm-hmm. updated the map in the map room as well so it's holographic and accurate you love to see it mm-hmm. but this as a feature is the single most powerful reconability in the game and it's built into this town takeover on king's canyon it's a very advantageous reason to drop here you cannot be crypto and you'll know if there's squads in the area like from the squads in the area banners that are also around on mm-hmm. top of this scan. Like we love Intel, we love recon. And so this is a really, really nice place to drop. In terms of lore though, uh, while the actual creation of the town takeover is not completely really derived from lore, we can see the themes in which it took from Crypto's kit. So you have the concepts of hacking, revealing locations, and showing the squads in the area. And so we get this strong sense of what Crypto's power 
Could be, you know, could be, and maybe not how it's actually implemented. But as well, we have the beacon on top being somewhat of maybe a little bit of a callback to the first tease of crypto and the cinematic who destroyed the repulsor tower and uh, destroyed a beacon of his own before entering the games. And then lastly, we do see the green and white color scheme that reflects crypto's drone hack uh, in the design of this POI. It's very, very crypto. I think if you look at kind of the tech and the colors behind this design. We we thought the Bloodhounds trials was really going to be the coolest takeover we ever saw. And they and kept leveling up. Mm-hmm. This one really blew our minds. You know, the expectations were high for somebody like crypto, but uh, this one really, I think, exceeds the expectations in terms of the design, the look, and the lore mm-hmm. behind it. Let's talk about the next one, though. This is, uh, this is I think, uh, a fan favorite, and we'll talk yeah. about why it's good, though, as well. Yeah, I think some players may be shocked that this is an A tier, but... Mm-hmm. Pathfinders Fight Night. Before we get into the gameplay features, I think that the best part about this town takeover is when it was introduced onto Olympus, it was called The Ring. That's, oh my goodness, I and forgot about that. It was so hilarious good. because I don't really know how that slipped through, but obviously all players say, let's head ring, let's go to the ring. And they don't, ring, mean, yeah, they don't always mean go to Pathfinder's Town Takeover. So although the ring fit a lot better on the map, if you were looking at the mini-map, Fight Night, I think, is a lot better of a, a title despite its length. Forever impactful, though, because you still have to say, I'm going to go hit the ring. I'm going to enter yep. the ring. So That's yeah. right. But kind of funny. <laughs> Into the gameplay. This is an okay location. It's definitely no map room, but it's quite central. And Mm -hmm. that's a risk, like we were saying with labs, but it's connected to Turbine, which is the heart of Olympus. There is a really solid rotation uh, into Power Grid, which Mm -hmm. I think I'd recommend more so than going straight into Chaos and Turbine. But that being said, Olympus is built different. Mm -hmm. So location and its importance and your drop is a lot different. You're just going to have a faster paced game where you have to embrace chaos and combat third partying. So dropping closer to the center of the map may not be the worst thing on Olympus. It gives you options. I mean, you are very close to a lot of important POIs that other teams can drop, which does set you up to third party early. And that's a benefit in of its own built into this town takeover. Now, why is it a tier? You know, if mm-hmm. it doesn't have the best location, I think people may be shocked, but they may be able to reflect on their own drop and realize that surprisingly, the ring or fight night is Mm -hmm. less popular due to its special feature of the boxing ring. Yeah, When it was released, many players saw the boxing ring, which disabled weapons and throwables and abilities to be super fun. Yeah, But it it turns out mm -hmm. (laughs) that people don't really like to die in a boxing fight early to mid game. 
Yeah. We don't recommend you go box one-on-one. No. You're going to put your team at a disadvantage, but there is strategy still in this where if you see one person in the ring and maybe you have your full team, you go on them all at the same time. Now you're just picking up a free kill. So there is advantages in how you use this, but it's not really for that uh, boxing just early whenever. Yeah. But the big takeaway is that people are scared of this very Mm -hmm. centralized town takeover that's a high tier loot location so it's rarely contested Mm -hmm. on top of that inside the ring there are seven epic to legendary loot balls and there's a high chance of having gold weapons no armor though so Mm -hmm. you're gonna get lots of good equipment you're gonna get batteries gonna get ammo but no armor in the actual ring I think this is a really good location. It's Mm -hmm. got incredible loot in the ring and out of the ring. It's central. I think it's a place that more people should drop for all those reasons. If I were to give a fighting tip, like you said, Jay, Mm -hmm. probably don't box in the ring. Probably don't when you drop in, go straight into the ring just Mm -hmm. as a cautionary precaution. Well, and one of the reasons behind that as well, and, I might even push for this to be S tier if this was easier. Looting the legendary loot balls inside is difficult because you can't mm-hmm. swap weapons and such. And so yeah. like on PC, you do have an advantage of being able to quickly and easily swap your guns in which position you want them to in inventory so you could stay in the ring and swap weapons. But I know for me and a lot of people, uh, sometimes you got to leave just to be able to go grab the gun or attachment you're looking for. And that's a major disadvantage, but the loot is still very good that, and with the uncontestedness of it, that it, it does make up for that. Yeah. And when you enter the ring, an announcer announces your presence. Yeah, it gives so you away. There is risk associated <laughs> mm-hmm. with it. But since I think most people are so scared of that risk, it's worth taking it in order to get the incredibly high tier loot. Mm-hmm. So the tip being here, Drop here. Don't go straight into the ring. Take the high ground in the upper building above the ring. Really avoid it as much as you can. And maybe if you're rotating in, still take the upper building. Mm -hmm. Don't play the low ground in any situation. Certainly not at fight night. Yeah. In terms of lore, this town takeover really does explore Pathfinder's love for boxing that he got from his friend, Victor Maldera. Don't remember the exact pronunciation, but I believe it's Maldera. Pathfinder's heirloom is also a pair of boxing gloves, which kind of a fun fact I learned during this research is the only heirloom that can be used in the ring, which does make some sense. Can't really bring a knife to a boxing match. That would be a penalty. Yeah, that would be a penalty. Like crypto, though, we also see the influence of Pathfinder on this town takeover from a design standpoint, emphasizing the blue colors of Path's OG skin and his emotions being on display throughout the arena. And there's some affinity for zip lines here. Not like I think what people were maybe expecting with a Pathfinder Town takeover, just a place full mm-hmm. of zip lines. But it's not like we're lacking any here. <laughs> yeah, totally. I think that if I had to choose my favorite Town takeover from a look I would have to choose Fight Night because the amount of like Pathfinder callouts in it mm-hmm. is really, really cool. And similar to Mirage Voyage, there's a hologram 
you know, yeah. on top mm-hmm. of it that announces it and shows Pathfinder. And from a top-down perspective, the arena actually looks like Pathfinder's face, yeah. uh, which I really think is cool. And something that I'm hoping for in the future is that the actual buildings of a POI form a, a recognizable shape that might be in a future town takeover. So Ooh. I really like kind of the Put look them on the design team. This one. Oh, well, just an <laughs> idea. Just the ball in there. But oh, that man. wraps it up. Yeah. Let's talk S tier. Let's talk S tier because these are the two that uh, make some statements in the games yeah. for sure. <laughs> I think that an S tier town takeover is cheating. And I highly recommend you drop here. Mm-hmm. Every single time. Mm-hmm. Bold statement. We don't have a ton of those on the show, so <laughs> let's dive into it. But there's only two town takeovers left, mm-hmm. so you guessed it. Caustic treatment. Mm-hmm. Excellent, excellent location. Similar yep. to Map Room. You have the a zip line to the Southern Watchtower, a zip mm-hmm. line to Map Room. You do have a adequate rotation as being a walk to salvage your market. Mm-hmm. Not incredible, but it is an option there in order to stay on that side of the map. An uncontested rotation a lot of the time yeah. too, which is nice. Which is pretty easy. Now, the big reason here that you should go to caustic treatment is you have guaranteed four gold items or weapons. This is going to be a theme amongst the S tier. Like we talk about weapons being the most important feature of Apex Legends to have success. Yeah, what's better than starting with a gold R301? Probably nothing else. Yeah, you got pretty good drops here in terms of what those weapons are. And the gold weapons will reflect what the gold weapon rotation is of that season. So Mm -hmm. this season we have the Rampage and others, including the Charge Rifle, for some odd reason. I don't really know why the Charge Rifle is a gold weapon, but it is. Um, It gets the extra attack. Oh. Yeah. No real attachments and no real reload either. So anyway, that is cool. This it's hard to understate uh how important having a fully kitted weapon right off the drop is on top of gold bags, gold knockdowns, mm-hmm. gold armor, gold helmet. Very, very impactful things to your game. Here, I will say one thing before you keep going that I'll try and simplify why it's important. You do no long. You no longer have to loot during the game. You get to focus on winning, and you get to focus on fighting. That in of itself, amazing. You don't have to go scrounging through each and every building to go find that last item, which loses you valuable time in the BR. And after fights, you're gonna be a lot safer in terms yep. of warding off the third party. So it's huge, really, really huge. On top of those four gold items, which you can get by draining the toxic gloop and all that gloop. stuff, is there is a very high loot density here. Mm-hmm. And there was a decrease in rarity for the location of spotted lakes. Treatment was made smaller with the introduction of Caustic's Town Takeover, mm-hmm. but they increased the loot here. So it's next level, like the quality and the density of loot. And when we talk about density, that's kind of the volume, but also Mm -hmm. the proximity. When you drop with the team, you don't want to get too spread out. Mm -hmm. You want to spread out enough so that you're not stepping on each other's toes and stealing each other's loot. But for caustic treatment, 
you're able to stay within eyesight of each other and get really well equipped uh, for the fight really quickly. And that's something that you have to weigh really heavily in choosing a drop location. You have to support one another like with no problems. And that's very nice for sure. If we were to give a fighting tip or kind of a dropping tip on this town takeover, I think I would go for enter via the back of it. Mm -hmm. So kind of on the cliff side and use the control room that way. um, It's kind of a place to hold. There's these large cylinders. Use those as kind of sneaky high ground. It's a really good place to solidify your control over the entire POI. Yeah. For people that have been playing Kings Canyon for a long time, uh, know that if you get stuck in kind of a fight on the outside in the back, you can climb on top of the planes to have some sneaky angles on people also. That's one thing I noticed that I think newer players maybe don't think of doing instinctively right off the bat as well. Another kind of fun, not super relevant to the gameplay though, is the fact that the four vents outside of the actual building If you find yourself on top of them, you can't actually land on them. You will just kind of hover because you're getting pushed up by the air. You're not redeployed, but you kind of just float for a bit until you're pushed off, which is uh, kind of fun. Yeah. In terms of lore, at the start of season eight, when Fuse's ship crashed, the toxins were spread throughout the water, polluting Kings Canyon. Caustic treatment was then established to stop those toxins from spreading into the ocean. That's what Kostik told the Apex game because he's such a great guy and was just looking out for the planet and the environment. But Kostik really wanted to use the toxins in the location for his experiments on a larger population, setting the ground for what we learned through the comics is that he wanted to experiment on the entirety of Solo City. Pretty rough. That, that'd be a big deal if that happened anywhere. But this town takeover further explores Kostik's lore not just in design of the areas, the toxics everywhere, but the mess that his relationship is with Watson and her being the only other legend that can gain access uh, to the observation room uh, via the panels if you climb up from the backside of this area. So there's some cool lore actually built into the gameplay, which is something that's pretty exciting in town takeovers. It's really, really cool. Unpacking that was definitely a tree and one that was, I guess, really well kept. Like it was kind of a surprise and we were able to do it and uh, you can still do it. So definitely mm-hmm. check that out if you're a lore head. It's a pretty cool thing. Last but not least though, the new one, she's yeah. coming out on top. I, I don't really know what to say. I think this one kind of just forced our hand to do an episode like this, but Rampart's big mod is Amazing. no joke. Mm-hmm. In mm-hmm. terms of a impactful gameplay town takeover, you know, uh, just diving right into the actual meat and potatoes. Yeah. The Vendit machines that carry what the legends call Rampart specials if you ping them out uh, in inventory. Now, you can purchase weapons from these Vendit machines, and mm-hmm. the weapons are fully kitted and they range from 30 materials being about blue, maybe a pistol, Mozambique, to up to 100 materials for a gold weapon. Mm -hmm. Really, really crazy. Same theme, though. Being able to get an established kitted gun early Mm -hmm. on is something very, very valuable to the game. Yeah, it really is. And these gold weapons, 
extend outside of what mm-hmm. just the season set five weapons is. So it is completely random, but you could get a gold R301 or a gold R99. That's oh, really I'm powerful. Excited. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, not only are those 100 material weapons fully kitted and gold with the auto reloading magazine, but they also possess what Rampart's passive is for just LMGs for all the weapons in the Venom machines. And that's a larger magazine, 15% larger magazine, generously rounded and about a 25% faster reload on all weapons. You're starting to handle a beast. Like, it's it's wild. And I will say, just to clarify one thing, because I think we were confused a bit on it by the patch notes and we didn't fully clarify it last week, is that this is a, okay, there's one of these in the game. It doesn't refresh. It's not an open shop. The gold mm-hmm. gun is there at the beginning, which kind of leads into it being more of an early to early mid game rather than maybe the mid to late game that I think it was advertised as. Yeah, there's six total weapons available for sale, two gold, about two purple, and two blue, Mm -hmm. uh, varying costs. It is extremely difficult for me to pull myself away from dropping here every single time. Mm -hmm. When you think Mm -hmm. about the temptation of a 32-round mag gold R301 with a tactical reload of 1.8 seconds and a full reload of 2.4 seconds... That's incredible when a normal fully kitted R301 has 28 bullets in Mm -hmm. the largest magazine and a 3.2 second full reload. Staggering. Mm -hmm. Staggering. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you were to say, oh, Rampart's passive is for a new legend, but it's with SMGs. Everyone would would be outrage. Yeah. There would Mm -hmm. be outrage Mm -hmm. and incredible popularity. And they'd probably be in the top six or seven legends permanently based off of a passive like this. Mm -hmm. This town takeover gives you that ability. Yeah. And it's incredible. Now, what you were saying, Shay, about the reality being this is kind of an early game like drop. It's Mm -hmm. completely self contained. You don't necessarily have to rotate mid or late as the patch notes, uh, Red. Indicated, yeah. The fact is, there's over 22 supply bins here mm-hmm. and three canisters of crafting materials. That's totaling 185 crafting, mm-hmm. 75 guaranteed for every single player via the canisters. That's a lot. If yeah. you spend the time, you can get a gold weapon every single time you go here. It's just crazy. And Mm -hmm. on top of that, the fact that there's enough crafting to actually use the vending machines to their, you know, full capacity. This is a massive town takeover. I think the largest town takeover in terms of loot, hands down. Yeah. Pathfinder's town takeover has 11 bins. This one has 22. Yeah. It's a double. Like that's crazy. And, And because of that, it is still early. And these POIs are very popular as soon as they're added to the game and early on. And so I am looking forward to seeing if in a month is this still a really hot drop, but at least in my personal experience, which is my experience. So maybe it's different for everyone else. This has still been very heavily contested early on, but because of the size, it's still workable. I think it should be contested. And if you're not Mm -hmm. dropping here, you absolutely should. 
because it's incredibly worth it. If you want to win a game on World's Edge, this is the place to go in order to give you the best advantage. And on top of the loot elements and the crafting elements, if that's valuable to you, the location is incredible. You're right in Lava City, which is a huge high tier loot area, Mm -hmm. which is right next to a loot vault. You're also easy access to Lava Siphon, which is the largest POI on the map. A lot Mm -hmm. of action there. Easy third-party opportunity. And then Geyser, which is a great place to clean up your loot if you need it, or use the Geyser to push into Fragment. So really top-tier location. And on top of all that, of course, there's the cherry of the tried-and-true Survey Beacon spawn. So... It's, it's such a great POI. Yeah, it's amazing. It's fantastic for all the reasons. And to give a little recap on the lore of it, it's still early on, so we don't have the full breakdown of everything. But Ramparts, this is kind of the mod shop of her dreams. Pretty big budget. We see you, Syndicate, out here, kind of dropping down billions, maybe. Big and money. Big money. Big money. After the destruction of her previous shop by Big Sister, Rampart needed to, you know, create a new shop. And that's how we get Big Mod, a huge weapons modding tank shop that is surrounded by a paintball course that pulls from the first sighting of Rampart uh, with the graffiti mod and her love for art and graffiti and paint, which is really, really fascinating and cool to see. And it's all over this POI. The lore is, like I said, early on, but there are four interactive items sprinkled throughout the shop. One, the original sign from her shop and she says it is the only thing besides her to survive i want to get the timeline on valk getting her suit to see how that rolls mm-hmm. over with that kind of stuff though i'm a little interested in that uh two a picture of her first modded weapon in family which is kind of cool three a picture of big sister in which rampart says herself and sheila will be having a word soon okay we see you rampart we know what that means yeah and last but not least an audio log from bangalore reminiscing about hanging out with rampart in gibraltar at her old shop while complimenting her drink mixing skills saying they should get the big rampart r on the drinks as well so it's really cool and then there's also a fan-made mural uh that is highlighted in the poi do you know the artist at all by any chance off top of your head hb we'll have their name in the description for sure we'll, we'll get that in there for sure but really cool to see the interaction with the community and each legend has separate voice lines around the mural so check it out it's really really amazing so great lore there but that's that's the that's the tier list. That's the town takeovers. Hopefully you guys enjoyed all that. Um, we're gonna wrap the show up though. Now we're gonna answer some five star questions and get you out of here in one piece. Hopefully you enjoy the style of episode. If you like kind of this recap POI stuff, this is something we could do in the future more. So please do let us know in Discord. Do you want to get us rolling though on the five stars? First question coming from Alex. Hi guys, love the podcast, been listening a while and always love it when the next one comes out and I'm sure my dog does as well as he gets an extra long walk on podcast days. <laughs> I'm not the best player, but Apex keeps me hooked with all the content. But if you could ask for a specific piece of content, what would it be? For me, I love uh, the legend classes, but would love a new class. So we got a legend that like no other, keep it up guys. That'd be interesting, like a really, really out of left field legend that established a new kind of class. That'd be cool. Um, 
we were actually talking about it off air recently. And I think this is probably going to be my number one piece of new content that I would love to see is an expansion upon arena modes, you know, maybe upping it to the 4v4, the 5v5, adding some of the maybe search and destroy-esque modes that we all know and love in that combat style. Other modes other than TDM, essentially. I think that would be something cool that might engage people in that side of Apex. Yeah, it's hard to to not beg for something like that. I think that that's a big thing. Modes though. is mm-hmm. huge, and in the past we've thought, oh, we can't handle multiple playlists. The game isn't large enough, or it would make queue times too long. We've proven otherwise that mm-hmm. we can maintain it, which is incredible. So I would look forward to that as well. We're hoping that there's a new map on the horizon, which would yep. be pretty cool. Um, but going on this idea of legend classes, I would love to see a better definition of a support legend. Uh, I think that that's a good one. A legend who had abilities built around like amplifying others' abilities would be really, really cool. And doing it in a way that is not super complex mm-hmm. is a challenge because you want this legend to have utility in any team, but then how do you make it meaningful utility in every mm-hmm. single team? Cause there's a big difference between supporting a pathfinder and supporting a Gibraltar. So how could you do that in a universal way? I don't know, but I'd love to see it. Yeah, that's a good one. No doubt. Next question coming from Rhino, the Rhino. There is so much positive feedback to give for this podcast, but I'll try to keep this short. I've been a loyal listener for four seasons and the quality and consistency has remained impeccable with these witty hosts always providing helpful tips and useful information with the ability to brand new, help brand new players to become seasoned legends. I've been playing since season one and I recently hit level 500. And the question I have for you is about how to handle terrible teammates in ranked. While I do play with teammates a fair amount, I am also prone to solo queuing and get lots of teammates who will, for example, rush through V1s at half health and then cuss and chat for the next 10 minutes. I try to utilize the ping system and game chat as much as I can, but mostly to no avail. My other question is if you had to pick one map for Apex to become the permanent only map, which would you choose? Sorry that ran long. Keep up the good work. P.S. You have instilled in me the importance of batteries. Now that I have lived the battery life, I can never go back. My most is 16. What a number. Yes. What a number. Yes. Love it. Thanks so much, Ryan. Oh, that's a very nice review and good questions. Totally. Um, The first one, how do you go with really toxic uh, teammates in ranked? Um, It's tough because you do have the ability to mute them. And even mute their pings if they're, mm-hmm. you know, pinging their banners super ping. yeah. crazy mm-hmm. or pinging enemies like a, a mad person. Um, you run a risk though, you know, do you completely shut them down and miss out on something kind of useful? It's a really hard decision. My advice would be you do mute them if they start getting toxic mm-hmm. and you do it pretty quickly. Toxic, never fun to have in gaming. It looks like you're trying though, Ryan. Like you're trying, you're in game chat, you are pinging. Like here's here's what I do. I, if I'm starting off a game and I see the other people are in game chat, I ask the question, I say, do you want to win? Okay. Do you want to win? That's the first thing you ask. That'll get a response out of them for better or for worse. Like you're going to find out if you're about to drop hot to have a game to play fun or if they're ready to sweat their way to a W. And I think posing that question to people, if you can, whether it be type to speak or something, uh, is a nice kind of little way to start off the game. Yeah, I always start off all my games with randoms. Let's get this dub. 
Mm-hmm. I don't even ask the question. I tell them, this is what I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm a little you're more with optional. Me or you're not. <laughs> you're with me or you're against me. <laughs> kind of. But that's kind of my perspective on it. In terms second of the question. second question. Yeah. Man, picking one map. Uh, that would be Tough. permanent. Really, really tough. Um, no Olympus. Sorry, what? No Olympus. Olympus <laughs> is out. I'm sorry. It's new and shiny. It's not our cup of tea. Um, it'd be a really close battle, honestly. Mm-hmm. Love Kings Canyon. I think there's a lot of utility there. You know, we have a we have an S tier uh, and an A tier town yep. takeover on there. But World's Edge with Big Mod, I like it a lot. And the fun element of Fragment. Mm-hmm. It's probably one that I would not want to say goodbye to. So even though my mind tells me go with you know, <laughs> King's Canyon, my heart is actually going to go with World's Edge just because I think that it's probably more fun. Here, I'll, I'll t- my heart and mind are with World's Edge right now. Wow. And I, I love King's. I love King's. But World's Edge is the most refined map we have in the BR. It has gotten the most changes. It has been perfected for competitive Apex Legends. And so if that is kind of the playstyle you want, it's nothing can be beat. Um, and then you have at we, East and West Fragment, which play beautifully and a lot more nice than Skulltown yeah. does if we were going to get that back permanently. So I yeah. think World's Edge is just top tier and the aesthetic, the colors are just amazing. You love it. Next question coming from your new guy. The pod is pretty spicy and loved your evolution event episode. Question, do y'all like the Rampart? Like the Rampart cause change? Because I like what they did with her minigun, but at the same time, her spin up to shooting seems slower and it's got me killed a bunch of times. Do you have times on that? Is that a fact? Oh yeah, it is. Yeah. So okay. the yeah, actual yeah. spin up is slower when you're just using it in the mobile mode. Um, I love the Rampart changes. I mm-hmm. I really like her kit a lot. The caveat that I will say is, even though this is a huge flashy change, which I say is a rework to her kit. I think mm-hmm. you play her completely differently. Totally. You have to approach her at, at a completely ground up, rebuild everything you know about Rampart. But what remains the truth is that she does take a degree of strategy. Placing the walls is hard. How mm-hmm. do you create layers of defensive in an offensive pattern? That's very hard in mm-hmm. a fast-paced game where there's multiple teams and you have teammates yourself, and it's hard. Rampart's kit at this point, I think she has a very well-rounded, strong passive, strong tactical, and strong ultimate. In terms of using the Sheila mobile, I think keeping it at a medium range is crucial. If mm-hmm. you're gonna be hurt by the charge up don't use it you have two other guns like that's how i feel if somebody's getting up into your face mm-hmm. you're probably not going to pull out Sheila, Sheila. to use yeah. but using this ultimate as a third party tool or as a way to tell people hey don't come this way and kind of deny an area really really strong as strong as other the area of effect ultimates in my opinion yeah, she's fantastic right now. Um, if someone's on a door, though, that's also another great yeah. use right now. Whip out the ult, especially if you don't have it out already. Yeah, there's some time in doing that. But uh, they're not going to 
open the door and try and shoot you instinctively that's not what you do when you hear someone pulling out a big lmg they're going to either try and run away which then gives you a charge up to maybe shoot them in the back or you're just going to mow them down and it's it's making door play tough against ramparts no doubt really really good last question coming from hard stuck gold great show guys i'm a hard stuck gold player listening to try to improve my game in any way possible and you guys do a fantastic job breaking everything down and giving good advice my question would be what do you guys think about adding arena specific damage badges like br maybe something like a 4k 5k and 6k damage badge anyways splendid podcast keep it up boys thanks so much for the review and the question um the developers have spoke on this and mm-hmm. kind of said why there isn't any damage badge uh, for arenas or a kill badge. Um, and it's because of kind of what we've identified as the objective of arenas is to keep all those stats low. You yep. want to win games in a short amount of rounds going to round nine and farming damage isn't a big testament to skill. Mm-hmm. That being said, I'm a nice guy. <laughs> I would be cool with big, big badges for mm-hmm. arenas, like a 6K. Like, I think a 6K is a good starting a barometer. That is a cool thing that I don't think you could say, oh, wow, you just were farming damage and you're not very good. That would be an incredible feat. A couple of times, I think three or four times I've gotten to 4K. Only done that once on a starter account on PC and the BR over mm-hmm. you know, two years. So... That's the reason why there isn't one, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but maybe there could be. It is interesting. It's interesting as all heck and uh, something that could be added, but I think you said it well. Like the most impressive game is an 800 damage game sweep. Like Pretty that, much. that's the best you can do. So that's a, that's a different conversation in of itself though. That's going to wrap up the episode. Thank you to our producer of the third party 10 who supports us as a dropship captain on Patreon. Subscribe and Apple pods, drop a follow on Spotify, leave a five star review with your question. We'll answer it on our next episode. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at third party pod and check out the discord via the link in the description. Thank you so much for listening to the third party podcast. We will catch you next time. Peace. Hey now, another squad coming in. Whole squad down. Hey, brother, not today. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>